This is Tyler Lancaster, and you're listening to Outside the Tundra with Josh Frey-Sam. Rodgers gets the snap, blitzes on, Rodgers scrambles He's left, winds up, rainbow. Cobb. He's got Cobb at the 10 to the 5, yes! to the end zone, touchdown! Throws the left sideline, intercepted, down the sidelines, Tremont Williams into the clear, to the 40, to the 30, to the 20. He turned 32 yesterday, does he have a vintage moment in In the end zone, it is caught for the win! Richard Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. And there is your dagger! And now, Outside the Tundra with Josh Frysack. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to Outside the Tundra. Josh Frysack here with you. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. We, uh, we're in a very interesting part of the NFL calendar here. Um, this is why I'm doing the Packers breakdown of their schedule for the 2021 season we're in this lull now in the in the nfl schedule uh mini camp just ended we have about five weeks or so give or take before we get into the training camp side of things before we get into preseason, and before we get into actual real meaningful football um but we first this piece of the schedule that we're in is meant for exactly this it is for schedule breakdowns it's for predictions right? It's for rankings. Okay. All that fun stuff, all of that controversial, fun conversation. That's what we're having right now. We're beginning with the Packers schedule today. And I have forgot how to use my mic apparently because my microphone is not connecting to my computer very well. And so my sound quality is not as good for today's episode hooked up to the AirPods, unfortunately, but regardless, we're going to make this thing happen. So let's get into the Packers 2021 schedule, we're going to be doing a nice breakdown. I think we're going to be doing, I would consider this a deep dive into the Packers 2021 schedule, give some of my key matchups on a week-by-week basis. But first, let's actually look at the schedule as a whole and talk about what we expect to, expect to see. Obviously, for starters, we have a 17-game season this year. And in the 17-game season, we play the AFC North, we play the NFC West, And then our 17th game, that one extra added game, is going to be against the Kansas City Chiefs. So when you want to talk about the toughness of our schedule, I look at it and I say, well, we're playing two of arguably the toughest divisions in the National Football League, along with the Kansas City Chiefs as our extra game, who are arguably the best team on paper in the NFL. So you want to talk about difficulty of schedule? This is a difficult schedule, along to go with our divisional games, along to go with our other added games as well. Just some trends that I noticed on our schedule as I look at it. Five out of our first eight games are on the road. And those five road games are against the Saints, the Niners, the Bengals, the Bears, and the Arizona Cardinals. And then we go back-to-back road games twice this season. That's weeks five and six, and then eight and nine. And that's really a gauntlet that I'm going to be talking about right away here um, in that week eight to nine range. But the fact that we go back-to-back row games in a matter of five-week span, that is pretty incredible. That's a very tough task for the Green Bay Packers. Luckily, with our location, our geographical location, it's not like we're going all the way far east to far west or far west to far east. We're more so in the middle of things. So our time zone difference isn't going to impact us as much as it would other teams, but it's still a very difficult task when I look at it. Um, Week five, which is October 10th through week nine, which is November 7th, we only see Lambeau Field once. That's what I was just kind of talking about. Weeks five, six, eight, nine. um, We're basically going a month or so only seeing Lambeau Field once, which is which is pretty incredible. Again, that's going to be really tough, but we're going to relish that one opportunity, the one home game. And listen, at the end of the day, man, this is just what the schedule makers decided to do to us. This is <laughs> this is really tough for us, but at the at the same time, um, we have more than a more than capable, talented team to go get these done uh, in this gauntlet. That's really going to be the gauntlet for, for of our schedule. Of course, every game is tough against any NFL team, but you want to point out a specific area of the schedule where things start to really get tough. It is in those weeks five to nine for the Green Bay Packers. We play good squads. 
and we are not at home to help us with uh, with the valuable fans that are uh, the Cheeseheads. Outside of our standard divisional road games, the Packers travel to the Saints, the Niners, the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Chiefs, and the Ravens. So again, adding to the difficulty of this schedule, five out of those six teams that I just mentioned that we are on our on the road for, those are expected by the general public to make the playoffs. So for me, it's <laughs> the Saints are on the cusp this year for me. I, I'm not going to write them off completely because of Sean Payton being the coach there. But when I look at the loss that the Saints have had, and I'll dive into the Saints part of our schedule here right away, but when I look at the Saints, they're kind of a team that could be on the outside looking in at the end of the day. I, I honestly think they could be one of those teams that goes from the playoffs and then to missing the playoffs with Jameis Winston at quarterback or Taysom Hill, whoever they decide to go with. But regardless, that's still going to be a tough matchup for the Packers in week one um, against at the Saints, nonetheless, especially if they have fans there in the Superdome. Holy mother. And then we have the Niners, the uh, who are a very good team. They're very healthy now. Um, and then you have the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Arizona Cardinals, and Kansas City Chiefs are in back-to-back weeks. My goodness, that's going to be difficult. And then at the Baltimore Ravens. So we have a really tough schedule here, you guys. And if you're going to highlight, um, if you're going to highlight um, also a gauntlet, another part of this gauntlet, it kind of extends. I know I said week five it starts, but even you could extend this gauntlet all the way through week 12 if you really wanted to, because um, weeks eight through 12, we go at Arizona, at Kansas City, home to the Seahawks, at Minnesota and then home to the LA Rams before we hit a bye week. So in that time, weeks eight through 12, we are playing three NFC West teams. Again, one of the toughest divisions in all of football. And then we're also on the road for three out of those five games, including what we can expect to be one of the most anticipated matchups of the year. And that is the Packers versus the Chiefs there. So Again, adding to the difficulty of this schedule, schedule makers were not nice to us, but we have this is something that we're going to have to endure. And then finally, rounding out one last trend that I found was uh, four out of our last six games are at home. So we talk about this gauntlet going from weeks five through week 12 or weeks five through eight or eight through 12, whatever you want to look at it. But really, there's a solid chunk of our schedule that is really, really difficult. But then we go here in the home stretch when we're talking about All these games are meaningful, but when we're talking about crunch time, the last six weeks of the regular season, we play four of those games in in front of our fans at Lambeau Field, and we are hosting the Rams, the Bears, the Brownies, and the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm sure I can find other trends or fun facts about our schedule to complain about, but uh, like the travel distance or maybe the time changes or something like that of, of some of these games, but those are the trends that really stuck out to me. Um, it's a tough schedule with Aaron Rodgers at the helm, and it's a tough schedule, an even tougher schedule without him. Um, as you guys will hear shortly with my final record prediction, I am confident we can make it out of this fairly clean. Let's get into this schedule, though. Let's uh, let, let's break this down. We got 17 weeks of good football to break down. Week one, we are at the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome. Uh, we start with an interconference heavyweight bout. In America's Game of the Week, we got Joe and Troy breaking this game down for us, you guys, calling the game. Um, Packers lead the all-time series between them and the Saints, 17-9. and um, They have won three out of the last five games, dating back to 2011, and we are 1-0 and in the Matt LaFleur era. So when I look at all these all-time records and stuff like that, and even the last five matchups, I mean, really, the only the one that matters is the last one that we played against them because of the fact that well, we had a completely different scheme without Matt LaFleur and, and stuff like that. So, um, and there's been a lot of changes on both sides as well. Never mind just the coaches, but also the roster turnover. You look at the Saints. Um, these matchups are typically a shootout because they include two of the quarter, best quarterbacks to ever do it. But we have no we have no Drew Brees in this matchup. Um, and just to give put that one in perspective for you guys as well, in the last five matchups, these two teams have combined for... 308 points so it has been an absolute track meet every single time these two teams meet up um, the Saints changes to note biggest one is Drew Brees they have obviously a lot of different uh, role players that they parted with including Malcolm Brown but Drew Brees is certainly the most notable 
change that they have had, obviously playing the most important position in all of sports. Packers changes since the last time these guys met was Mike Pettin, now no longer the at the helm of the defense. Some people are loving that. Um, and this might be the week to face a team like the Saints, though. When I look at our schedule and, and I think about some of these teams and that we're coming up against, you know, if you want, if you're going to play one of these really tough teams, uh, including the Saints, you probably want to play them as as early as possible in the season. You don't want to be playing them in December when they're in full swing. I, uh, you know, you hate you hate to to see it for some of those teams that have to play a team like the Kansas City Chiefs or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in weeks. 14, 15, 16, when it's really crunch time, um, that's when those two teams are going to be at their best. So looking at a team like the Saints, I want to play them week one. Even if it means we're on the road, that's okay. This might be the best week to face a team like the Saints before they get it rolling. Alvin Kamara, as far as our game plan, will be the number one priority in week one. Um, Taysom Hill will also be uh, fun to, to know and fun to watch. Michael Thomas as well. And just to know for Alvin Kamara, Kamara had more than 200 all-purpose yards the last time we met last year. You guys will remember that. He also had two receiving touchdowns. And this game, for me, you guys, um, when I look at predicting this game, it's going to come down to continuity for me. The Packers are, in many places, the same group coming back together, right? The Saints have a new player starting at the most important position on the roster. And despite being on the road, I think that the Packers steal an early one, a big one, in the big easy here. Um, the key matchup to watch out for in this game, I think, is Jair Alexander versus Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is, in my opinion, one of the best receivers in the NFL. Jair Alexander is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. So you got Jair Alexander, who we know Joe Barry is going to use Jair Alexander as he did with Jalen Ramsey last year. Jalen Ramsey went to the slot a lot of the time. He stayed outside a lot of times, but he was on the number one wide receiver being that lockdown corner. And Jair Alexander is going to have to be that guy. Um, Jair Alexander versus Michael Thomas all day, man. That is one of the most exciting matchups you will see all season. And I think the Packers, again, they steal one in the big easy here. 1-0 the Packers go to after the week one matchup. Let's go into week two versus Detroit Lions on Monday night football. We have a 104 wins compared to 72 losses and seven ties all time against the Detroit Lions. We have won the last four meetings. We've really dominated the Lions, especially in the past two seasons. We've swept the Lions in back-to-back years. The biggest thing for me, you guys, that scares me in this matchup is Tim Boyle and Jamal Williams. And you guys might be laughing at that, saying, well, Tim Boyle's not even going to be playing. Um, Probably not going to be playing. And then Jamal Williams uh, might not see a bunch of playing time considering they have DeAndre Swift there. But you have to understand... These guys understand exactly what it is that we're trying to do on both sides of the ball, but especially with the offense. So when you look at changing up the game plan, having to be careful with what your checks are at the line of scrimmage, your checks are on defense, you have to change a lot of things up for that week when you're going up against a team that has former players, players that were really recently on your team as well. Also, Dan Campbell's at the head at the helm of this Detroit Lions offense. So he might show us flashes of what the New Orleans Saints did in this matchup. Obviously, he is from the Saints um, offense. And DeAndre Swift is, in my opinion, going to act as Alvin Kamara. He's, gonna act, he's going to fill those shoes um, in back-to-back weeks. So now we have a dangerous running back to worry about in back-to-back weeks. Um, TJ Hawkinson as well is a guy that I'm very bullish on. You want to talk about the fantasy, NFL fantasy season. TJ Hawkinson is going to be have a big-time breakout season, in my opinion, especially with the offense that we look at here. Um, Jared Goff is going to be at the helm here. I think that uh, I think those are going to be our two biggest names to keep an eye on. TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, making sure that we are changing up our checks and changing up the game plan a little bit for when we go and play Jamal Williams and Tim Boyle in this matchup. But nevertheless, the Lions, you guys, for me, still have way too many question marks. Packers move on to 2-0 on the season in a Monday night game in Lambeau. Key matchup for this one is going to be Devontae Adams versus Jeff Okuda. And some people might be thinking, well, Jeff Okuda, man, like he stunk last year. Uh, Jeff Okuda did stink last year. But the thing is, I'm very confident Jeff Okuda, now that he has a year under his belt, he's going to show people why he was a third overall pick. I think that he is going to be a much more disciplined um, uh, cornerback this year in the NFL, Devontae Adams, I think, will still get the best of him. 
but I think it's going to be a much better matchup than it was last time around because last time around, Devontae Adams absolutely scorched Jeff Okudu and and made him look like he did not belong in the NFL. So that will be a matchup to keep your eye on. Week three, we are at the Niners. We are back on the road for Sunday night football in back-to-back primetime games. When I look at the all-time record, you guys, 37-32-1 all-time the Packers are against the Niners. And we've won three out of the last five meetings. Um, We have lost, though, when you look at the ones that we have lost, going back to 2012, we have lost one in each round of the NFC playoffs. So the Niners, for my money, is kind of like the monkey on our back still. Even though we've won games against them, we have lost in the NFC Championship against them. We've lost in the wild card against them. And we have lost in the divisional round against them. Until we win one of those big games against the Niners in the playoffs later on in the season, for me, the monkey is kind of still on our back. I'm obviously very weary going in against the Niners because of Kyle Shanahan, how powerful that offense is. It's a scary one, you guys. Niners are back. They are healthy. This is still a roster with very few holes on it. They have a borderline championship caliber defense that boasts an elite pass rush. And they have playmakers all over the place on the offensive side of the ball. When you are looking at, they added Trey Sermon in through the draft. They got Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson as well in that backfield. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be healthy. I don't think Trey Lance is going to play this year, but you never know. Maybe he does, which would add a dynamic ability out of the backfield to run, to keep an eye on. And then you also have Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and uh, Brandon Ayuk on the offensive side of the ball. They have a lot of players. They know how to spread the rock. They know how to get the rock to them. Kyle Shanahan, in my mind, is still one of the best offensive minds and play callers in the NFL. And they will continue to try ramming the ball down the Packers' throat. This is from the same scheme that we watch, you guys. They run it different than we do. But this is the same scheme, the same base concept that Matt LaFleur is trying to do with that outside zone scheme. This is what the Niners are trying to do. They need to run to set up the pass. If you are able to shut down the run and force Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball, you give yourself a lot better opportunity. And for me, this is the first big test for Joe Barry's tenure. Obviously, Going up against the, the the Lions and the Saints are gonna be are not gonna be easy for him. But when I look at the first big test, this one against the San Francisco 49ers, a team that has really had our number in big games in the in, in recent memory, um, this is gonna be a big one for Joe Barry to show us that, yeah, guys, this is was a good hire. You guys hired me for this reason. Let's go win some more football games. Besides situational calls, I would say Mike Pettin's run defense was probably the was probably receiving the biggest gripes um, over his tenure. You guys will remember, and I don't want to go too deep into this. 285 yards allowed in the NFC Championship game back in, uh, in in 2020, and so I think if Joe Barry is able to stifle that run game, that'll give us a much better opportunity that will prevent the Niners from controlling the game. That'll prevent the Niners from scoring as many points. And that will allow our offense to be on the field more often and put up more points. So that will lead to a W for us. Um, Also, if we don't have David Bakhtiari back by week one, we should almost definitely have him back for this matchup. Our offensive line will be strong. They will be healthy. We'll have a a defensive coordinator who is also very familiar with the Niners offense. You'll you'll, you'll, You'll remember Joe Barry is coming over from the Rams. So in the same division as the Niners, he understands exactly what it is that the Niners are trying to do. I think this is going to be one hell of a Sunday night football matchup. And I think the Packers put everybody on notice with this win, with a massive, massive W in Santa Clara to move to 3-0. and um, One thing as well to note, with Joe Barry's familiarity with the San Francisco 49ers, keep in mind Joe Barry was not calling the plays, and they also had different players, obviously, in that scheme uh, with the Rams, but the Rams defensive scheme has fared fairly well against the San Francisco 49ers offense. Uh, in the last four matchups, 345 total yards and 112 uh, rushing yards in the first game, 390 total, 122 in the second game, 334 total, 119 rushing in the third game. And most recently, I believe, 331 total yards compared to 99 um, total rush yards in that fourth game. So 
when you're looking back at Joe Barry's defense that he's bringing over, it has fared fairly well against the San Francisco 49ers in recent memory and uh, and certainly was not any 285-yard rushing performances for them. So I think that's something to note. The key matchup for me is going to be Nick Bosa versus a, a healthy David Bakhtiari. Both these guys are coming off big injuries. Um, I think would be injuries to the exact same area, the ACL. So uh, both these guys are going to be healthy, ready to rock two of the best at their position. That's going to be a big-time matchup. Keep Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, whoever is at the helm there, upright. Let's move on to week four. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Jim Nance and Tony Romer are going to be on the call for us in this one. We are 19-16 and 16 all time against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have lost five out of our last six meetings against these guys, though. But you guys will remember the one win that we had in the last six meetings against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Unlike our recent history against the San Francisco 49ers, this one came in a big one. The biggest of them all. You heard it in the intro. The Green Bay Packers are Super Bowl champions. We haven't played the Steelers since November 26, 2020, though. Um, Pittsburgh, in terms of changes, you want to talk about changes for them. Lost Bud Dupree. Lost Mike Hilton. Uh, Devin Bush is back and healthy now. They have a shiny new toy in Najee Harris. They also have a very um, dynamic tight end duo in Pratt Fryermuth and Eric Ebron. Pat Fryermuth, if you guys don't know, out of Penn State, one of my favorite tight ends in this draft. And he, I didn't actually grade him too much lower than I did Kyle Pitts. Pratt Fryermuth can block. He can catch the ball. He runs great routes. Great athlete, and I think Eric Ebron, when his tenure is done there, I think Pratt Fryermuth is going to become an elite tight end at the NFL level. I'm really excited to see how he develops. But Pittsburgh has had a lot of turnover since last year alone. But Pittsburgh still has their question marks. Um, I still think regardless of these question marks, though, this is going to be a good competitive team once again. Mike Tomlin knows how to get the best out of all of his guys. I do think an uh, immobile Ben Roethlisberger along with an offensive line with some question marks though bodes well for the Green Bay Packers and their pass rush in this matchup you got Rashawn Gary Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith all getting after Ben one thing to keep in mind though although that their offensive line does have their issues Steelers are always among the leaders uh, in time to throw so they get the ball out quick of it quickly out of their hand they also have a rushing attack to stifle the pass rush now the, these days um, with a lot of respect, going to have to go to Najee Harris. This guy's the real deal, you guys. I really, really am optimistic about Najee Harris's future in the NFL. So when we're looking at getting after Ben, we still have to respect the run game, and we also have to respect the fact that these guys get the ball out of their hands quick. We're going to have to really focus on rallying to the football. That is going to be an emphasis for us in this game because they are going to set up a lot of, uh, a lot of really screen games, quick screen games, or smoke screens, bubble screens, whatever, where you're going to have to make sure we are disciplined and running after the ball. Getting hats to the ball is going to be important in this one. But I do think this is going to be another another sweaty one, sweaty one for the Packers fans, but I do think we come out on top of this. 4-0, the Green Bay Packers move to. And I want to also preface, I also want to say, I should have prefaced, I should say, I think Green Bay Packers can win every single game. When I go into every single, this is, call me biased, call me whatever you want to call me, but when I look at the Green Bay Packers schedule, maybe it's the competitive nature in me. I just do not ever think, I do not ever go into a football game thinking that we are going to lose that football game. So for me, again, call me biased, but I look at our schedule and I think we can go 17-0 this season. But for to keep it, I guess be a realist about things. The odds that we win every game are obviously not good. We can do it, but I'm going to try and give good explanations as to why maybe we might lose some of these games if I do have a loss on this schedule. So let's go to week five, though. We are 4-0 and entering this game at the Cincinnati Bengals. And after we face three really tough opponents here, four really tough opponents, um, people might look at this one as a as a nice break of sorts for the Green Bay Packers, but I do not look at any game in the NFL as a break. This is still an NFL team. Cincinnati Bengals, uh, we are seven, six and seven all time against the Bengals. I actually have a losing record against them. And the last time we played them was, it was in 2017, when the last time we played the NFC Nor uh, AFC North part of me. So looking at Cincinnati, they are a young rebuilding team. Joe Burrow showed some really good stuff in his rookie season before it being cut short. Um, and they also did address the O-line a little bit, not as much as I really would have liked them to um, from the outside looking in. 
So I think that they might still have some issues on the offensive line, but they also did give Joe Burrow another weapon. And uh, so often I talk about you need to put weapons around your young quarterback. They did just that. I think the Green Bay Packers keep things short and sweet with this one. They move to 5-0. and I think that this is going to be a, a good game for the Green Bay Packers. I think they're going to take advantage of a rebuilding young Cincinnati Bengals team. Um, I think we will move on here handedly. The key matchup to keep in mind for this one, you guys, is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals wide receivers against the Green Bay Packers defensive backs. And the reason being, we have, I don't know who their number one receiver is going to be classified in this offense, whether it's going to be Jamar Chase to this point, if he's going to go crazy early in the season, if it's going to be Tyler Boyd, I'm not sure. Maybe it's going to be T. Higgins. I'm not sure. But they do have three very talented uh, wide receivers in their offense now. And so these defensive backs, I, I'm you know very confident in that we can trust Jair Alexander to shut down one of them. But when looking at the other ones, we need guys like Kevin King, Eric Stokes, if he's playing, whoever. We need the defensive backs to really step up in the pass coverage game and not allow uh, Joe Burrow opportunity to, to, to find a window there and get the ball to his wide receivers. Let's go into week six at the Chicago Bears. Oldest rivalry in football, 101 wins with only 95 losses and six ties all time for the Green Bay Packers. But when dating back to 2010, the Green Bay Packers lead this series 19 games to four. At this moment, you guys, when if, if I'm looking at the Green Bay Packers schedule at this point, heading into a week six matchup against the Chicago Bears, my biggest question will be at this point, will Justin Fields be the starting quarterback by this point? Because Justin Fields adds another level, another level of dynamic to the Chicago Bears offense. He is athletic for starters, extremely athletic. He is able to make things happen off schedule, which is just not the case with uh, Andy Dalton. So when I look at the, this game, that is going to be something else for us to game plan for possibly if Justin Fields is in the game. Um, Chicago still boasts a borderline championship caliber defense but regardless of who's at quarterback that will be their biggest concern um that it is the quarterback position for obvious reasons so even with that championship caliber defense green bay last year still scored 76 points in their two meetings i think hakeem hakeem hicks i think hakeem hicks was missing for one of those maybe both of those games so that's certainly noteworthy but the packers offense knows what it wants to do against the Chicago Bears. They had success last year against them. Justin Fields adds mobility, as I mentioned, but he also carries inexperience. So when I'm looking at who I would maybe rather at the at the quarterback position, it would probably be Justin Fields. He has obviously more talent than Andy Dalton, but he also has inexperience to go with that, that talent. So I think Green Bay Packers can take advantage more so of Justin Fields. Andy Dalton uh, is the exact opposite. He is, he is immobile, but he has experience. He can protect the ball when he is on. So I think that Justin Fields, I'd much rather have him in the game to take advantage of him. Regardless, I think of who we see at the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears, I think Green Bay moves to 6-0 with a W here at Soldier Field. The key matchup to keep in mind for this game is going to be Kenny Clark versus the interior offensive line of the Chicago Bears. We know that the Chicago Bears, they want to get the ball to David Montgomery. That's what they want to do. They, he, is, he makes that offense tick. Right. So Kenny Clark can certainly wreck their game plan very quickly if he has a if he has a game, if he has a day. Uh, Kenny Clark is going to be the guy that I circle entering that matchup because um, the interior of Chicago's offensive line is certainly good. Um, but there has been there has been uh, question marks raised about it as well. So see if Kenny Clark can't take advantage of the interior of that line. Let's go to week seven. And we are entering here six and oh. The league is on notice. We are taking on the Washington football team, who are we are 21, 16, and 1 all time. Packers have won three out of their last five matchups against the football team. We haven't seen these guys since December 8th, 2019, when the Packers won 20 to 15 in Lambeau Field. And you guys, at this point in our schedule, based on where I have a sitting, 6-0, this game really scares me. A lot of people might look and say, Washington football team, let's go. We've got you know, we've got the, the, the Bengals and then we got the Bears who we wreck all the time. And then we got the Washington football team. Oh, man, we got three easy W's there. No, this for me scares me. This 
honestly, I look at this as a trap game of sorts for the Green Bay Packers. We will be the favorites to win this game, no question. But I like this Washington football team defensive a lot. I've kept an eye on them for the past three or four off seasons. Watch them build into this young juggernaut. Um, and for that reason, the key matchup here will be the Green Bay offensive line versus the front four of the Washington football team. The question will be, can we slow down Chase Young? Can we slow down Jonathan Allen? Can we throw, slow down Matt Ioannidis? Can we slow down Montez Sweat? Can we slow down Deron Payne? Those will be the big names for us to keep an eye on. They also they also just went and grabbed uh, Jameen Davis for that defense as well to add to the second level of that defense. They have a very young, a very talented, very aggressive defense to go along with uh, that back end as well that they, they also boast um, with Landon Collins there on the back end. I think they also added William Jackson as well on the back end as well. And then when you look at the offensive side of the ball for these guys, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback along with some new weapons. Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown, who they drafted in the third round this year out of, uh, out of North Carolina, who was, for me, probably my favorite wide receiver coming into this year's draft because of what he can do after the catch. So you got two playmakers there in Curtis Samuel and Deami Brown joining Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas at the tight end position, Jay McKissick and Antonio Brown out of the out of the backfield. This is a really talented and underrated offense, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He has shown that he can get the job done. Under new offensive coordinator Scott Turner, Scott Turner, for those of you that maybe don't recognize the name, he was the offensive, he was the quarterback coach, pardon me, in Carolina. He followed Ron Rivera from Carolina to Washington. They'll and and they know. You know Ron Rivera knows how to mix up play calling. Scott Turner learned from Ron Rivera in that respect. Um, he learned from the offensive coordinator back then in that respect. They will mix things up. They're going to find ways to get the ball in the hands of these playmakers and really stress the Green Bay Packers laterally, I think is going to be the biggest thing. You look at what Deami Brown can do with the ball in his hands. You look at what Curtis Samuel, how he was used in Carolina with that lateral threat as well. They are going to stress the Green Bay Packers laterally. So it's going to be a matter of us keeping contain, keeping these guys uh, in front of us, and, and, and rallying hats to the ball. This is going to be a very, very good football game. But I'm going to also say that the Packers drop this one. I think this is a trap game for us. Um, I, I think that we dropped to 6-1 and one in this game. And I don't necessarily think the storyline will be at this point in the season because I'm actually rather high on the Washington football team this year. I don't think the storyline is going to be that the Green Bay Packers lost to the Washington football team. I think the storyline is going to be, wow, Washington football team, are these guys pretenders or contenders? And I think after beating the Green Bay Packers, the answer will be these guys might have to be contenders after you beat a team like the Green Bay Packers. So Packers dropped to 6-1. and one. Let's move on to week 8 here against the Arizona Cardinals. And we are in the thick of this gauntlet that I was talking about at the Arizona Cardinals on a short week, Thursday night football we take on these guys. We are 45-26-4 all-time against these guys. 1-4 in our last five, though. Last time we played the Arizona Cardinals, it was 2018. And uh, like I said, this is where we get into the gauntlet. And if we were to lose to the Washington football team, you guys, this is where the worry in Packerland will start to begin as, we, as to whether or not we can bounce back here because – you know, you lose to a team like the Washington football team, which a lot of people feel that we should beat them. And then we go on and they look ahead in our schedule and they say, oh, my God, we have the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. Both were on the road for um, this is scary, especially the Arizona Cardinals were on a short week against. Holy cow. Holy cow. Like we are we are we're we're worried about this. We are sincerely worried about this. Both teams, when I look at this matchup, have offenses that overshadow anything that their defense will do. With that being said. I do think that the Packers get this job done. The key matchup in this one is going to once again include Jair Alexander. It is going to be Jair versus DeAndre Hopkins. And this might be Jair's busiest day of the season, you guys, when I look at things. When it's all said and done, Nuke gets his targets. They find a way to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, regardless of who's covering him, regardless of how good or bad of a day that uh, Nuke is having or Kyler Murray's having. They will force the ball to nuke at times. They will try and get the ball in his hands because he is their best playmaker. So Jair will be depended upon big time. And if he can shut down nuke, this offense will certainly sputter a little bit. 
I think if the Packers can win in another fun one here, uh, I think that'll settle everybody's mind before heading into the Chiefs week. This win, if it, if the wins against the Saints, the Niners, and the Steelers didn't already, I think that a win against at the Arizona Cardinals will solidify the Packers once again as contenders in the NFC. Let's move on to Week 9 at the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, this is America's Game of the Week. 5-7-1 and one all time we are against the Kansas City Chiefs. 3-2 and two in our last five against them. Last time we saw the Chiefs, it was 2019, but it wasn't at full strength. The Kansas City Chiefs weren't at full strength. Patrick Mahomes was injured for that game. That was the game where Aaron Rodgers made that ridiculous falling away kind of flick of the wrist throw to the back of the end zone to Jamal Williams. Um, that was a crazy throw, but the Packers kind of squeaked out that win. On paper, this is probably the toughest opponent for the Green Bay Packers on our schedule. Um, the Chiefs are better. Are, the Chiefs are a better team this year than they've ever been before, in my opinion. Their offensive line is rejuvenated. They have Joe Tooney, Orlando Brown Jr., Kyle Long, Creed Humphrey, Mike Remmers, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, Andrew Wiley. Uh, all these guys are making up their offensive line. These are guys who were, were brought together. Um, even Mike Remmers. I don't know if I mentioned Mike Remmers as well. Um, this is an offensive line that was brought together, put together this offseason. And by this time, they will be gelling. Their linebacker corp is also rejuvenated. They have Willie Gay Jr. entering his second season, along with rookie Nick Bolton joining that second level as well. Their offense, I don't even think we need to really go into their offense. But the Kansas City Chiefs, we just know that they're going to be dangerous. And also, on top of everything, when I'm looking at how good their roster is, Arrowhead is also one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. Last season, it wouldn't have been because of the lack of fans. But this is going to be a dogfight, especially now that we have to face the fans as well. Green Bay Packers here, I'm going to say they drop another one. They are going to drop to 7-2 and two in this battle. The key matchup to keep in mind on, uh, keep your eye on, is going to be the special teams battle. I think Maurice Drayton, this is going to be, obviously special teams is, is important every single year, but Maurice Drayton, our new special teams coordinator, is going to be tested about as much as he will be all year. We know that the Kansas City Chiefs, they can change the momentum of a game if they are maybe sputtering on offense, maybe not doing so well defense. defensively. They will throw Tyreek Hill to return punts outside of Miko Harmon, Harmon as well. They'll have Miko Harmon returning kicks. They'll have Tyreek Hill returning punts. And Mike and Tyree Kill can can change change the the outcome of a game um, off of a single punt return. So I think that the special teams battle, Maurice Drayton, all eyes are going to be on him on this game, and I'm looking forward to it. Week ten against the Seattle Seahawks, we got Tony and Jim Nance back on the call here against these Seattle Seahawks. 14 and nine all time against these guys, and since our rough stretch against the Seattle Seahawks from 2012 to 2015. The Green Bay Packers have won four of the last five meetings, including in 2020's uh, divisional playoff game. Um, I really, you guys, don't like the makeup of the Seahawks team this year, more so than I haven't in, in, in last, in pre previous seasons. Um, I don't think a couple seasons ago I had the Seahawks even making the playoffs. Russell Wilson just finds a way to will his team two Ws, though, especially the defense when I look at the Seahawks team. I'm just not a fan of this team. They... Added Carlos Dunlap to their pass rush, good for them. But the Seahawks, to me, are going to live and die by their offense this season. They're going to be in a lot of track meets this year, similar to how they were last year. So Russell Wilson will have to shoulder this load. But when I look at the outcome of this game, I think it's going to be a little bit too much for Russell Wilson to shoulder the load. 8-2, um, and two, the Packers improve to 8-2 and two and pick up a win here at Lambeau. Key matchup to keep in mind, your, your eye on is going to be probably the key matchup in every single time we play the Seattle Seahawks. That is Aaron Rodgers, presumably, against Bobby Wagner. We're talking the quarterback of the offense versus the quarterback of the defense. Bobby Wagner, um, one of the best to ever do it. Not even just the best in the game right now, but one of the best to ever do it at the linebacker position. Um, this is going to be a fun battle to watch when Aaron Rodgers makes his checks, when Bobby Wagner makes his checks to respond to him. It's going to be a chess match between these two. Can't wait to watch it. Week 11 at the Minnesota Vikings, you guys. Our first time seeing the Minnesota Vikings in this schedule. We are 63-55-3 all-time against the Vikings. Three out of our last five we have won. When I look at the biggest concern for this game, you guys, it's Dalvin Cook. It is Dalvin Cook. We know that the Vikings... 
need Dalvin Cook to make this offense go. They need their run game to make this offense go. And Dalvin Cook has absolutely shredded us in recent memory. 360 total yards and six touchdowns the last three times Dalvin Cook has played the Green Bay Packers. So I think it's pretty safe to assume when we enter this game that our number one priority is going to be Dalvin Cook stop him. This is going to be a really good football team this season, though, you guys. The Minnesota Vikings, they had a rough season last year, especially with their defense. They found stability in their offense last season under Mike Zimmer. But again, when you're talking about the defense, Mike Zimmer and defense, man, they're synonymous. Um, So to see them have an unusually bad season, that was really a surprise. But now they added, they, they recognized what the issue was. They have a solid offense this year. They have bolstered their defense by Anthony Barr. He is now healthy again. Patrick Peterson, they added. Dalvin Tomlinson was a massive free agency signing for them up the middle. Daniil Hunter seems like he will be back with the Minnesota Vikings. And also Jeff Gladney, the first-round pick from a year ago, is now a year older. So they have Patrick Peterson, Jeff Gladney, bookending their secondary. Sheldon Richardson as well, a lot to go along with Dalvin Tomlinson in the middle there. I'm curious, my biggest question for the Minnesota Vikings is how productive is Adam Thielen going to be this year? He's 30 now. He's battling injuries now. Justin Jefferson is clearly the number one receiver in this offense, but Adam Thielen is still so important to what they are trying to do. So I think these Minnesota Vikings, these games against them are going to be tough games. They're going to be well-earned wins if we do win or when we do win them. Um, But, but, For me here, the key matchup, I think, is going to be the Vikings defensive backs against the Packers wide receivers. And the reason being is the Vikings were shredded last season. Similar to how the the Dalvin Cook shredded the Packers, um, the Vikings were shredded through the air last season, and especially by Devontae Adams. So now that they have a veteran Patrick Peterson, along with Jeff Gladney there on the back end, Mike Zimmer might be tempted to double-team Devontae Adams as much as he can. Just take them out of the game plan altogether. So when I look at what the matchup's going to be here, the key matchup, I think it's going to be up to guys like Alan Lazard, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Devin Funchess, even Robert Tanyan to win those 1v1 matchups because I think that they are going to be left 1v1. Regardless of all that, you guys, I think that this is going to be one of those series, and this is maybe a little bit of foreshadowing um, later down to later down in the schedule here as we get through this episode. I think that this is going to be one of those home-and-home kind of uh, series this year where Vikings win at home, Packers win at home. So with this game being at Minnesota, I'm going to say the Packers drop this game and drop to 8-3. and Um, Let's move on to Week 12 where we are home to the Los Angeles Rams in America's Game of the Week for Joe and Troy to call that game for us. We are even all-time series against the LA Rams, 47-47 and 2 all-time, but we have won 6 out of the last 7 meetings. And we saw them last in last year's divisional round matchup. Um, You guys, I always look forward to these matchups between the disciples of the Shanahan tree. When we're talking about Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Zach Taylor, and of course, Matt LaFleur, we're actually seeing all these guys from the, 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 uh, the Mike Shanahan tree playing up again. We're seeing all these guys this year. We're playing all of them this season. And this is going to be this game against the LA Rams is going to be equally as fun and equally as tough as it was against the the San Francisco 49ers earlier in the season. These guys are kind of revamped now, even a little bit more. Um, This team was a good team last year. This team is going to be an even better team this year. They added Matt Stafford. They added Tutu Atwell, a speedster. Um, Deshaun Jackson, another speedster. And even, I want to also note, Jacob Harris is a guy who's getting a lot of love in the Rams camp right now. He is a tight end slash wide receiver matchup problem, kind of a matchup nightmare. I think he will be in in the near future. So the Rams added playmakers on both sides of the ball, but especially on the offensive side of the ball, beginning with the quarterback position. Matt Stafford is all too familiar with the Green Bay Packers, but, but they added speed to this team. Tutu Atwell, Deshaun Jackson is now joining uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, who are very good route runners. These guys are going to be able to take the top off the defense now, but it all starts with their running game as it does in the Green Bay Packers scheme. Cam Akers, again, I already mentioned earlier in this season what, with regards to fantasy. If you want to talk about fantasy football, I think Cam Akers is going to be one of the best running backs in the NFL this year for fantasy purposes. So Cam Akers, 
is going to be an animal and he is going to have to be priority number one. Similar to Dalvin Cook um, the week before, Cam Akers is going to have to be priority number one uh, as we enter this matchup against the Rams. The key matchup is going to be Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey in this game. Similar to how Jair Alexander is going to be following the team's best receiver on a week-to-week basis, Jalen Ramsey is once again going to be doing that for the Los Angeles Rams, whether they go into the slot, whether they stay outside. So that means Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey is going to be a show, you guys. And, and we know last season, the thing that I love about this matchup between Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey is they under they have the utmost respect for each other, but they understand that all eyes are on them on any given play. They understand that people are buying tickets to watch Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. They want to see that matchup. So pregame last year, you saw Devontae Adams chipping away at, at Jalen Ramsey. They are just trash talking back and forth pregame. You know that they're doing that to not only get themselves fired up and get their teammates fired up, but they're also doing it because that's the entertainment aspect of it, baby. That is, this is the entertainment industry. Devonta Adams and Jalen Ramsey, man, they're putting on a show. You know they cannot wait to go up against each other because A, they just want to compete up against the best. And B, man, this is, it's just a dogfight. It's a dogfight from beginning to end. So Devonta Adams versus Jalen Ramsey, man, that is going to be a fun matchup to watch. Um, let's move on to week 13 against Chicago. Don't need to break down the matchup too much. So I'm just going to say that this game is on Sunday night football. This is uh, our, our typical, our, our yearly Sunday night football matchup between the Bears and the Packers. I think the Green Bay Packers grab a W here. Um, as they do against, I don't know if I mentioned, we grab a W against the Los Angeles Rams as well. Um, so Chicago Bears are also going to get a W there. Let's move on to week 14, where we are back on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. And we are 4-2 and two all in time against the Baltimore Ravens. Last saw them in 2017 when the Ravens shut out the Packers 23 to nothing. But in that game, you guys might remember thinking, oh, we're shut out. When was the last time the Green Bay Packers were shut out with, Russ, with uh, Aaron Rodgers at the, ha- at the helm? Well, it's been a while, but uh, Aaron Rodgers wasn't at the helm in that game. It was Brett Hundley. That was uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think he was out. Was that the season that he was out with the uh, clavicle, with the uh, collarbone issue? I can't remember quite. Um, from, I, I can't remember quite, but uh, Brett Hundley was at quarterback. Nevertheless, I think this could be our big win, you guys, to really spark something going into the playoffs. You look at um, who we're going to have to focus in on. It's going to have to be Lamar Jackson. And that's why the key matchup for this game for me is Lamar Jackson versus, versus the Packers edge rushers. We know Lamar Jackson is going to have his fair share of keepers, but it's a matter of if the Green Bay Packers edge rushers, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, can they stay disciplined on the edge and not give Lamar Jackson any room to make a play happen on the edge? Because if Lamar Jackson breaks contain, well, hold on to your seat seatbelts. You know what I mean? Like that is that is a that is a scary sight when you see Lamar Jackson break the break contain. So our biggest thing is if we can force Lamar Jackson to hand that ball off inside to Kenny Clark, let our big dogs in the middle take care of business there. I think we'll give ourselves a very good chance to win. And I do think that we pick up the win here um, in Maryland, in Baltimore, Maryland. Let's move on to week 15. We are hosting the Cleveland Browns, you guys. Um, 13 and 7 all time against the Cleveland Browns. We are 5 and 6. Five, we have won five of our last six meetings against the Cleveland Browns. The emphasis, you guys, is uh, pretty straightforward here. It is stop the damn run game please. And we're actually going to be seeing a similar team uh, play in the in back-to-back weeks. We look at our schedule here. we got Cleveland in week 15, but we have uh, Minnesota in week 16. And you might remember Kevin Stefanski is the, was the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. So Dalvin Cook's success, a lot of it can be attributed to Kevin Stefanski putting him in a great position to, to be a successful running back. Nick Chubb as well now. Nick Chubb had a great season last year, and he's going to have another great season. Nick Chubb makes this offense tick like Dalvin Cook does in Minnesota. Um, We're playing very similar teams in back-to-back weeks here. When we look at the the composition of these teams, we now have a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. in Cleveland. We have Jarvis Landry there still doing his damage in the middle. Their tight ends are a serious problem. Austin Hooper, David Njoku, and Harrison Bryant who is uh, one year older now, 
that is going to be a problem on offense. They obviously tried bolstering their defense with Jadavian Clowney and Tack McKinley. Um, Grant Delpit is also healthy. This is a really good football team as a whole, the, the Cleveland Browns. And I'm actually going to say the Green Bay Packers suffer a loss here in a really close game, a really entertaining one at home. I'm going to say the Green Bay Packers drop one here at Lambeau Field. The key matchup here to keep in mind uh, is going to be the, key, the Cleveland Browns offensive line versus the Green Bay defensive line for two reasons. A, the Cleveland Browns, like I just finished saying, um, they are going to want to run the ball. That is what they want to do. They, they want to run the ball to set up the rest of their offense, that play-action game. But also, we're talking about one of, if not the best offensive line in the NFL here that we're going to be going up against in this week. Uh, with the Cleveland Browns offensive line. We are going to need our defensive line to take a big step this year, and especially in this week. We are going to need a Week 15 show from the defensive line. Um, Get pressure on Baker Mayfield on the play action, but most importantly, stop the damn run game. Stop Nick Chubb and stop stop Kareem Hunt out of the backfield there. Let's go to Minnesota Vikings, who I already gave the breakdown for, but you guys, the biggest thing to note is A, We are on Sunday night football here against the Minnesota Vikings in week 16, our penultimate game of the season. But also the way that maybe I look at these schedules here, this could be for the division. I think that it's going to come down to the Packers or the Vikings to win this division this year. I think this week 16 matchup could be for it all, could be for the NFC North title this year. Packers, I think though, in the end, they split the season series with them. They grab what will probably be a crucial W. I think this will solidify the NFC North for them. And then they will move on to uh, a 13-3 record here, heading into the final game of their season, of their 2021 season, against the Detroit Lions, in which I think we will still start our our starters because we will be playing possibly for a number one seed here. And I think we are going to grab the W here at the Detroit Lions here to finish the season 14-3-0 here And that will be good for first or second in the NFC. I think that we are once again going to kind of be hovering around that three loss mark. Um, We just can't quite get over the hump, have less, less, uh, less wins in our, in our schedule than that. But listen, 14 and three this season, I think would be a phenomenal record. Again, that would give us one of the top seeds in the NFL. Guys, I, I think that's about it for the Packers breakdown here. I appreciate you guys staying with me here. I think the next episode as I move forward here and as I prepare for training camp, um, we are going to be talking about the top training camp battles heading into training camp here. And I'm going to welcome uh, a very special guest for the next episode here, which is going to be dropping next week. So if you're listening to this, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Outside Tundra and make sure you're staying tuned for the special guest next week. I'm very excited about this guest. Um, I thank you guys for listening to Outside the Tundra. I am Josh Frysam. We'll see you guys next time.